Michael. David, good to see you. Um, Hi, David. With the team news for Monday, first of all, please. Uh, I think we're pretty much as we were. You know, I'm hoping that Lucas Fabianski hasn't trained yet, but he's got a chance to play. Darren Randall's got a little bit of problem with his hip. He's doing a bit of work in the gym, so we've got, to we've got a little bit of consideration with both of our goalkeepers, but I'm hoping that uh, I'll have one of them fit for the, for the game on Monday night. By the time you play, it'll be nine games between your two games. In a season like this, it's almost unheard of. But what, what was the biggest positive having that gap? Well, you know something, Dan, was just strange. Uh, we moan when there's too many games, and then you moan when there's too big a break. So uh, it's felt like quite a long break. But uh, look, it's the way it comes. The teams have got to handle all the different situations, and uh, we've been able to give the players a couple of days rest and recovery. But, you know, we really want to keep going. We've been doing so well, and our performances have been good. Uh, we're, we're probably happy to keep going and keep playing at this moment in time. David, West Ham United fans are dreaming just now that they're daring to believe of Champions League football next season. What, what's your message to them? Is it on? Yeah, we're going to try. I can't promise them that it's on, but I can tell them that we're going, we're going to try and do everything we can. But you only need to see the level of the teams which are competing for it. That always has been in the Premier League. Trying to break into the top four in any season is a, is a monumental effort for... Uh, some of the teams which haven't had the finances which many of the teams at the top have had and I think once you get into the Champions League you know obviously that generates more money as well which allows you to buy better players and and uh, in turn probably have better teams but look there's always a first for everything we've been breaking a few firsts this year and I'm hoping that we're able to uh, do everything we can and, and challenge the top teams I must just ask you about the, the handball rule that IFAB have just announced and they've said the big change as of July the 1st is that accidental handball that leads to a teammate scoring or leads to a goal scoring opportunity will no longer be an offence. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I thought that had changed because I thought uh, a year and a half ago when Declan Rice against Sheffield United touched the ball into Robert Snodgrass who scored the goal at Sheffield United, I thought they said that that would never happen again. So I don't know who who, what the rule was anyway. So I'm not too sure, Darwin, what was correct. What I will say, it's amazing that they've just come out with that rule today after a ridiculously bad decision at Fulham, wasn't it? Where, you know, I don't think anybody who plays Fulham in any way felt that it was a deliberate or a meaningful handball in any way. So uh, I wonder if they've just covered things up because that decision last night was so poor. Just last couple from me. First of all, the tragic news, of course, earlier in the week of of a former West Ham manager passing away in Glen Rhoda. Um, did you know him very well? Any abiding memory of him? Yeah, I, I didn't know Glen that well. I'd come up against him a few times, but I, I personally didn't know him that well. But I know that from the LMA and the, and the, the people around the LMA, they spoke incredibly highly of him. I heard uh, Gary Neville talking about it when he was involved with England set up, which I was interested to hear as well. And, and he seemed a really good guy. And uh, I mean, I was well aware of, of his illness for, for quite a while. Uh, I think like most people were, but uh, for someone to lose a life so young in, in the world we were in just now is sad, you know. And, uh, you know, my condolences go to his family and uh, it's a really sad time for, for him and his family, but for a lot of football people who knew him well. Just the final one for me, David. The, the international break, of course, is coming up. And 
it brings with it the possibility of 10-day quarantines when players return. Have you or the club made any kind of decision on whether you'll allow those players who are on international duty and may be affected in that way to leave or not? No, we've not made any decision because we're waiting really on, on the Premier League, the government making the decision because we can, we can only be guided by them. Once they make the decision, once they decide what's right, then I think everybody will, will decide what they're going to do. But, uh, you know, I don't think there'd be any reason to let players go if, if they couldn't get back in or they were going to have to stay in a hotel for five or ten days. So I think that this, this will be a strange situation, but I hope that the Premier League and the, and the government are able to find a way of solving it. Thanks, David. Mark Scott, please. Hi, David. Uh, nice to see you. Um, Hi, Mark. Champions League would obviously be brilliant, but what would represent a satisfactory season for you? I know you said top 10 before, but given how well it's gone, would that almost be a bit of an anticlimax if it was, in inverted commas, only top 10? Well, it wouldn't, but I'd have to say, first of all, we're, we're big outsiders for the Champions League because there's lots of teams there. But uh, if you watch the race in the channel, quite often the big outsiders do well and, and come good. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm one of those big outsiders and we can shock a few... But I don't think we're kidding MD on that we think that we're in a position to 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 be in that place. But the resilience, the commitment, the determination the players have shown, uh, nothing would surprise me with them. They really wouldn't. But I think at the start, I said, if you'd given me top 10 anywhere, I'd have said, thanks very much. It's an incredible season for West Ham. It would show that the progress had been made. And, uh, you know, we don't want to lose the fact that, uh, that you know, Making, making progress is something important. I mean, uh, the position we're in at the moment is an incredible position to be in. I hope we can stay in it and we'll do everything we can to, to maintain where, the role we're in. And the fact, as you say, you're outsiders. The other teams have got pressure on them to make sure they qualify for the Champions League. Whereas for you, is there a sense of excitement at the situation you find yourself in? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I've got to say, there was a sense of disappointment when I dropped out at last night. So it gives you a feeling of how we feel about it. We're, no, we've got. We're, we're tough, and we we know when you get an opportunity, you want to try and take it. But I think if we didn't make it, we wouldn't beat ourselves up about it. But what we'll try and do is do everything we can to to give ourselves a fighting chance of uh, being in amongst it. Looking at Leeds as well, a bit hard to know what you're going to get from them because they've been quite inconsistent this season, haven't they? Yeah, they have been, but you have to say for a team coming into the Premier League, they've also done very well, you know, stepping up, and I think nobody was quite sure. But I think uh, I think when we saw Leeds in the Championship and, and the way they played and the momentum, it was always going to cost teams a problem, and it has done. It doesn't matter who they've played, they've, they've been, they've made chances, they've got opportunities. Uh, so we know how tough it's going to be. We got a good result at Ellen Road. I hope we can back it up with, with a good result at the London Stadium. And just finally, for me, I saw Marcelo Bielsa saying that he thinks one of the key things for your fine season so far has been that Suchek and Rice have been able to play so consistently. Would you, would you go along with that? Well, 100%. And uh, he's an incredible coach, uh, Marcelo Bielsa, and has been throughout his career. So uh, he knows it. And I think when you get a level of consistency in your team, it, it makes a big difference. But we're fortunate at the moment they, they've gone well. You know, we've got some injuries like every other club has. But uh, it's been really important that we keep those two players fit. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Thanks. Hello, David. Hi there, um, on, on the Suchek uh, Rice, um, they're, they're two players that seem to be the first two players on any team sheet for you at the moment. Um, 
how pleased are you that not only are they a stable partnership, but you haven't been concerned by injuries to either of them, considering how many matches you're having to play? You know the big thing that really pleases me, Emma? I think one of them was 22 and one of them was 24. So just think, think of the potential the two of them have got going forward and you know the partnership and what we could have. And of course, somewhere along the line, there'll be injuries, there'll be suspensions, there'll be things which change. But, you know, while it's in the condition it is, well, we're happy to take it. And, uh, you know, we're positive. The two of them are both athletic. They're both fit. I mean, uh, the both of them have got, have got great energies. And, and I think we want them both to keep continuing improving. But uh, hopefully, hopefully the two of them will get a long time together and, and continue to give us good results. As Thomas Suchek has said that the players have spoken about going into the international break in the top four and what that would mean to them. Um, and they think that a win against Leeds would show just how good you are. Are you pleased to hear that? It's great when your players are doing the talking and I don't need to do the talking. So it's telling you a little bit about their mentality, what they see. I mean, uh, obviously we, we you know, pass on our thoughts and we, what we think we have to be and what we have to do. But, uh, but they're driving it on. And I have to say, Thomas and Vladimir have both bought, brought something else to the club. You know, a little bit of complete humility, happy to be here, driving it on. Also, I've got to say, they both came from a club which won regular week in, week out in, in, uh, in the Czech Republic. So I think they brought that mentality as well, that you know, when we score one goal, they want to score a second goal. And, you know, they don't want to lose. And... Uh, you know, I know that Vladimir was really disappointed we didn't get someone from the game at Man City at the weekend. So uh, they've got great attitudes, both of them. And, uh, and I think it's also getting passed on through the rest of the group. I know that you won the game away at Leeds, but you were um, quite perplexed by a VAR decision in that match. And as we've seen over the last 24 hours, um, it's still um, a system that seems to frustrate managers. I wonder if you feel that it still needs some refining. It's still sort of a work in progress. I, I certainly do. I, I think that it's not helped the game. I don't think it's enhanced it. I'm not saying that it, it hasn't helped referees at, at some certain times, but I couldn't say it's helped a spectacle. Uh, the decision, if you remember it up there, was that, that Lucas came off his line very slightly. I think in all the penalty kicks I've seen now taken in the Premier League since, I don't think there's been one other decision where a goalkeeper's been, been told that he's come off the line. Uh, so uh, is this another one where they're just going to come up with a decision and say, oh, we've changed that, but actually deep down they've already done something about it? Because prior to that, uh, you know, it was incredibly harsh. And as you just rightly said, Emma, you know, today we hear about the handball situation changing. So I think there's been a lot of, a lot of football decisions, but really good football and people don't understand and don't see who's who's making the calls on them. Thanks, Emma. Uh, Ian, you know, perhaps? Hi, Ian. You're on mute, Ian. Ian, you're on mute. Hi, can you hear me, David? You're acting like an amateur there, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. I expect that from the press office. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I expect that from the press office and not from the manager of the football club. Uh, listen, how are you, first of all? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Um, Pep said last week that the, the key to success in the Premier League was money. Now, that must mean that you're a very good coach because West Ham are in 
battling for the Champions League and that the Hammers are punching above their weight because I know that West Ham aren't in the top four in terms of money that is able to be thrown around. Well, I hope you're right with everything you've said there. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, but what I would say is that I... Sadly, I always... I, I think the, the, the talk about the money does make the difference. It really does. I really hope being a football man that money didn't make the difference. And it was always my... The way I wanted to speak throughout my career, you know, that if money was going to make the difference, then it would only be the rich who would be successful and we didn't want that. And I think... Uh, I, I still don't want that to be the case. So... I think we still need good football coaches. I still think we need teams who are going to punch above their weight. I think we're still going to need, you know, hopefully seasons where it's not expected or some of the big teams don't do so well. But I do agree that I think money money is making a difference at a lot of the clubs. So we've got to try and do the best we can. You've got to remember the club period spent a lot of money a couple of years ago. And uh, I hope in the future we'll spend, spend good amounts of money, but... We'll try and we'll try and spend it as wisely as wisely as we can, and hopefully it'll be players who we hope will be here for the long term as well. Is it, I mean, is this season showing that West Ham can be one of the powerhouses in the Premier League and in London in terms of football? I believe so. I believe that West Ham was a was a powerhouse in London, uh, and you know the the period certainly with. West Ham supporters will remember and everybody remembers so well was that West Ham were, were the top team in London if not in the country at the time so so we've got to aim to get back to it I don't see why not I don't see why we, it shouldn't be our, our ambition but if it's something that has to be done overnight and done uh, done in a quick turnaround I don't know I don't know if anybody could do that I don't know if there's any manager in the world who could do that uh, because you have to build players first of all we have to get in a strong position to attract good players to come so I do see that, you know, if we could make European football, I think coming to West Ham, coming to London, coming to a club in, in European football, I think would be much more attractive as well. So all those things have to get added. But I think people want to see, and when I mean people, I, want, I mean players want to see a stable club, a consistent club, and a club that I think that there's a, a sort of vision and a plan going forward. More quickly, um, first of all, Jesse Lingard, nominated for Player of the Month. I mean, this, this is incredible, really. I mean, the guy's barely played any Premier League football for a year. You've had him for a month. He's already nominated for Player of the Month. Well, I'm a little bit surprised. People are surprised at that. Or maybe you're surprised the way the question came over. But my, I'm surprised because he hasn't played for, for a year. That, that, that's yeah, not, yeah. Not, it's not what he can achieve. But if you don't play for a year, normally it takes you a while to get back into it. Yeah. That's, that's the hell of surprise. Yeah, I agree. But I think Jesse's really driven to play. What I see from him when he came in right away, he's training, he's not, he doesn't carry any weight, he's a quick lad, he's he's uh, he's in good physical condition. Match practice, I totally agree. And I'm still a little bit getting there. I think Jesse's still only sort of four or five games into it. And I think we're still trying to get Jesse probably to peak condition and, and, and understanding. But it's great that he's made such an impact because... Uh, you know, of all the talk and all the speculation around players who come and come and go in January, you know, to get somebody in who makes a difference isn't an easy thing to do. And finally, just quickly, you mentioned already about the rule changes and the, the Fulham Spurs game. I, I just want the managers and players get confused. Uh, do they actually know all the rules now? Uh, no, we do get confused because we're not quite sure what's going to happen. And I think that's why it suddenly started to take, uh, well, it has done for a while, take all the emotion out of the game. 
And, you know, at the moment, the, the, the stadiums are a little bit stale because we have no crowds in them already. So, you know, it's really become sort of, it's sort of one-toned everything about the whole the whole game at the moment, you know. And uh, it's quite often quite difficult to, to judge what is and what isn't a goal. And is the linesman going to put the flag up when he's really offside and he doesn't do it for 10 seconds or 15 seconds later? Is it a handball? Is it not? Is a contact in the box going to be a penalty kick or is it not nowadays? So we're, we're inundated with things which we, we find it really difficult to completely understand. Thanks Ian. Uh, cameras off please. Uh, Tom, do you want to start for a couple for the Sundays? Uh, yes, thanks 